I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and to worship a guy, it's a little gay, isn't it? And I'm Avsinensky, and I like to walk around with underwear on my head. Is there something wrong with that? Welcome back to Pretty, 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 Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 5, Episode 3, The Christ Nail, which originally aired on October 9th, 2005. And um, I'm extremely excited because uh, our, the sort of the secret hero of our Seinfeld group chat uh, shows up, uh, the actor, in the very first scene of this episode. And uh, I don't even know if you noticed, but uh, if you didn't, that's, uh, that's how we're going to start our recap this week. Do you, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I mean, is this something to do with Ramon? Uh, indeed. <laughs> did you pick up on that <laughs> or no? I did not, but oh, I, the, just based on your description. Yeah, yeah, now that you're first, saying it, I the see. The first scene of the episode, uh, Larry's at a podiatrist's office, and the podiatrist is Ramon. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I'm familiar with the chat that I'm in with you. So yes, but I have to think, who is, who is famous in that chat that is not particularly famous in any other Seinfeld discussion yes. in history? The answer is Ramon. Just but you Ramon. somehow missed uh, Ramon from the first scene. All right, let, let's jump into yeah. the recap. I didn't recognize him. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, yeah also, Ramon's the podiatrist. Yes. Got it. Okay, so we're uh, Larry's at a podiatrist. And, Named uh, Ramon. Well, we don't Ramon, know. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just credited here as podiatrist. Oh. Uh. Um, yeah, we'll just refer to him as Ramon, even though sure. he doesn't he doesn't appear again in this. In the, <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, the, this is going to be very funny, funny later. Okay. Um, OK, you'll see. Anyway, so Larry's at the uh, podiatrist. Apparently, his feet have been hurting, and he's testing out these orthotics, and they're extremely squeaky, and Larry's, like, a little worried about that. But the doctor says, nah, it's fine. You know, they just take some time to break in, and, you know, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very weird. Like, it's almost like a cold open. Um, but, like, yeah, it's, it's uncommon for Curb, I would say, just this, like, very abrupt opening scene. Anyway, so Larry uh, heads home. And he's uh, he's kind of like humming to himself. The uh, the subtitles here said said Larry is singing in Hebrew. I I attempted on I made several attempts um, as a uh, somewhat of a Hebrew speaker to figure yeah. out what he was saying, and I, it was complete to me. It was gibberish. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Um, he's no uh, Sasha Baron Cohen Borat. Yeah, I was gonna say right, Sasha Baron Cohen. Whenever he speaks any language that's not English, basically it's uh, it's Hebrew. Um. This is, I guess, the opposite, is that when Larry, Larry's go-to language is gibberish. <laughs> uh, so when it says he's Hebrew, he just goes, he's just doing gibberish. Yeah. Um, he says uh, hello to uh, a man named Jesus, who apparently is doing some work in the house. And he asks him, uh, if, when you have a chance, if you hang up this uh, mezuzah for me. Um, and he's like, oh, what is it? He explains, um, it's a thing that you put on the door so that the anti-Semites know who the Jewish people are so they can come burn down their houses. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is interesting because it's actually like, that's actually like not far off from like the real origin of it, right? Because it's like, it's connected, I think, to like the whole thing with like in the in Egypt where they put the blood on the on the doorpost so that God would know which was the Jewish houses. Okay. So it's like, 
it's not quite that it's like the opposite but it's like yeah. almost it's like it was like the way that the jews distinguished themselves so that somebody would know their houses in this case it was to spare them uh larry saying it so that they'll burn down the house <laughs> yeah um, and he's saying, you know, the reason why I'm getting it is that um, my father's coming to visit me. And if he comes to my house and I don't have mezuzahs up, he's going to be very upset. Yes. Um, which is surprising. Like, again, like I, we, I have not I've gotten I've got not gotten that impression at all from Nat David that like he would give a shit that like he came to Larry's. First of all, this is like Larry's like rental house. That he doesn't yeah. Even live in. Yeah. And he's going to like he's going to throw a hissy fit because he uh, he doesn't have mezuzahs up. Like, I haven't gotten that impression from him. Yeah. But, no, I agree you know, with you. Um, you never know. Yeah, I guess sometimes like these like some like like really old people are more traditional, even if they're no, if they're secular. I, I guess so. I mean, he from, got a tattoo our, on his ass along with his wife, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that sort of like traditional secularity is uh, not long for this world. Hmm. Um. Anyway, um, Larry notices that uh, Jesus uh, has a limp. And he's like, oh, yeah, my feet's a bit hurting. He's like, oh, you you know, you should go get orthotics, too. Like, you should go to this podiatrist. It's great. Um, Jesus is, like, very reluctant. But uh, Maria, the, the housekeeper, who apparently is also his wife, uh, encourages him to give it a try. And he's like, fine, I'll go. So uh, Larry heads over into the other room and Cheryl's there with her parents who are visiting and they are like immediately they're like, what the hell is that squeaking? They're here a lot, by the way, lately. <laughs> yeah, they've been visiting a lot. Yeah. Um, at least they don't live in the same neighborhood. Yeah, they live in Florida. But... Right. Yeah. No, your your parents live in the same neighborhood. Yes, that's true. But they're not allowed yeah. to come now because of COVID. So. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Larry's like, yeah, well, you know, I got these shoes, but and they squeak, but it's gonna they're gonna break in soon, and most importantly, my feet feel much better. So everyone agrees that's uh, that's the most important thing. Um, Larry asks his father-in-law, um, do you, cr- do you do the cross of your, you know, your heart, the, uh, the four directions, um, before you eat a snack or also, or only before you eat a meal? And he's like, no, only before a meal. Larry's like, yeah, that makes sense because that would be too much. If you're, if you're, if you're every time you have a snack, um, he wonders, you know, maybe you know, what the record would be. Um, he notes he notices that he's, uh, his father-in-law is wearing like this nail around his neck. And his father-in-law explains that this is from the movie, The Passion of the Christ. Um, I guess they were selling um, some merch for the, for the Passion of the Christ. Yeah, is this a thing I, people actually did? I, I don't know. I have no, relex- no recollection of this. I was surprised at first because, like, obviously I'm accustomed to seeing people wearing crosses. Yeah. Um, I've never seen a person wearing a nail. I'm mm-hmm. not, not to say that that's not a thing, but it's not something that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, he wants to know if Larry has seen Passion of the Christ. Of course, Larry has not seen the Passion of the Christ. Yeah, um, yeah. Jewish Jewish people from Los Angeles <laughs> didn't see the Passion of the Christ for the most part. Yeah. Uh, did you see the Passion of the Christ? Um, I did not. Ah. I did not. Did you? Uh, I did. Yeah. You did. Yeah. Uh, I will. Uh, I will give it uh, zero pretties. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't good. Yeah. I mean, they they say the whole thing's in Aramaic. I'm like, oh, good. I studied Aramaic for twelve years, but it wasn't really like. Understand oh, well, Aramaic, but it was in some. They had subtitles. Yes, yes. That that's not my complaint about the movie that I didn't understand it. Um, yeah, yeah, no. But, but originally, it was not supposed to. You were just supposed originally to get the spirit of it or something like that, right? Yeah, like it was. This is. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I was, I'm, as as we've discussed before, this was like a complete Streisand effect thing yeah. that, like, literally nobody in the world was going to see except maybe like Norman Lamb because it was going to be in Aramaic without subtitles. Yeah, and then like. 
Jewish organizations made a whole big deal about yes. how it was yeah. oh, they're, they're the ones who made it famous for sure and yeah. then it became this whole like big commercial thing that they're like oh well we should put subtitles on this thing because now all these people want to see it yeah no it was um, it was a great move by Jews uh, making a movie that no one would have paid attention to a blockbuster by complaining about it endlessly yeah good, good move Jews uh, yes that's yeah, the same thing that happened with Schindler's List <laughs> wait what <laughs> I don't know Jews um, complained about the Holocaust a lot so the, the movie became very successful um so um larry uh starts riffing on how you know i have this whole thing with like jesus and having a relationship with him a connection with him he thinks a little gay to worship a guy um i could see you know if if, uh if god had a daughter named jane instead i could see having a relationship with her but with a with a guy it doesn't really work yeah uh yeah uh, so it's uh, we fast forward. It's later that night, and Larry's in the bathroom, and he sees a bra hanging on the shower door, and he picks it up. He takes a look. Uh, he, he takes a look at the label. Just wants to see what the size is, and obviously, as he's doing it, Cheryl walks in and wants to know what the hell are you doing. Uh, he says, "Well, you know, I didn't mean to look at the at the label to see your size, but like it's kind of like a driver's license. Like I picked it up." Just because I was like, what is this? Why is this here? And once it was in my hands, like, you just instinctively, you know, you look at a label of something to see, you know, what the size of the uh, the breasts of the person who owns that bra are. Yeah, the whole thing seems insane to me, like, that Larry is interested enough in Cheryl's bra to examine it, but yet had never looked at one in the previous 10 right. years. Like, he obviously right. had endless opportunities to do this if he cared enough to do so, right? Yeah. And even if it's just, well, the bra just happened to be sitting there. A bra first has never been sitting out ever. But, yeah, but then, I mean, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But but even more insane, I think, than Larry than than this is Cheryl getting angry at him for doing so. Like, why is it a secret to your husband your bra size? Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the part of it that's the dumbest. Like, yeah, none of it makes sense. Yeah. It's like yeah. I mean, it, it's okay for him to know her bra size. Like, yeah. it's. I mean, it's it's like maybe it's a little bit. It's not even weird. Like whatever. Like yeah. you live together. You share. You're, you like you share. Yeah, a, he's a had much more intimate interactions with her breasts, I assume. than yeah. Knowing like what the also like is. like you know each other's sizes of things just because like you like share a bedroom and like yeah. you do each other's yeah. laundry from time to time and like whatever. Although yeah. I'm sure right. Well, I'm Larry's, sure Larry's not doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, whatever. Sure, by the way. Yeah. Correct. Cheryl's like speaking of bras. Um, we really need to get let Maria go. Because... Great segue by Cheryl, by the way. Yeah, it actually works pretty well. Yeah. Um, she uh, she doesn't wear a bra, and I can't stand it. It drives me crazy. Larry's like, yeah, you're right, but like, let me talk to her. I'm sure I could uh, I, I could make it work. Um, so you know, we go to the next morning, and he goes to speak to Maria, and she's like, by the way, Jesus is very happy with the orthotics. Larry's like, okay, that's great. Um. By the way, I wanted to talk to you about this bra thing. Um, you know, I got my father-in-law here, and you're just like flopping all around, and you know, we can't really have that here. And she's like, "Well, I, you know, what's the big deal? I just, I really find bras to be very uncomfortable." Uh, Larry says, "How about this? I'll go find a great bra for you. I'll buy it for you, and I'll bring it back to you." And she's like, "Okay, under those circumstances, I will agree to try it." <laughs> like if you go do all the legwork, spend all the money, then I'll give it a shot. Yeah. But the the part of this that really doesn't make sense is you can't really buy a bra for someone without knowing their size. And not just 
it's not just a size issue. Like I'm not the broad expert here. It's not just a 34B or whatever. It's you want to know the exact specification for for somebody who is bra skeptical, right? Right. Thinks bras yeah. are uncomfortable. You can't just yeah. buy a bra that happens to be like approximately her size. You need to like she needs to go there and get like a custom fit. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I am very much not an expert on bras, uh, yeah. but I suspect it's more like jeans than like other types of pants where it's like it's really like even like the, the brand and like it's it's highly specific. Like you need to. Well, it's much more specific on. than jeans. That's a. <laughs> but I'm saying like even like jeans compared to like regular slacks yeah. where it's like you could just like order khakis if you know your size and they're going to sure. fit. Whereas jeans, you really need to try on because they're more particular. And like, um, dog, yeah, and- I, mean, I mean, it's just like the, the, the solution here is give her the cash. And tell her to go right. buy whichever one is comfortable for her. Uh, now, again, as you said, she doesn't really want to do that legwork, but it's just the success rate, the odds of him picking a, a successful bra in this circumstance, again, for a bra skeptic, are zero. Now, they're not zero because it turns out he does. So I guess it's 0.1. <laughs> yeah, he, he nails it on the first yeah, try. Exactly. Yeah, he uh, did buy a few samples, didn't he? In the end. Uh, that could be, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, he, he, he makes one, one trip to Victoria's yes. Secret. And yes. like, he doesn't even go to like a, a high end uh, or anything. Bra store. He just goes to you know Victoria's Secret in the mall. Does pretty well for himself. Is that uh, not? Boom, a, boom. I mean, uh, is that not a high end? I have no idea. Yeah, I did I guess listen I, to a podcast. I would guess discuss it's... bras and how much they cost. Correct. Yeah, I've listened to two podcasts of that sort. Wait, what was the second one? I, I think they did it twice. No, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> they discussed bras. Yeah, <laughs> I think they did it once as an episode, and they did it as part of the mailbag a second time. Or oh something. yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah sure. you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, there was there was there a, was a, a second there was a second time. Yeah, there was more broad discussion. Yeah. That's yeah. Fair. Um, okay, so Larry heads over to Jeff's house. Uh, he walks in. Jeff immediately is like, "What the hell is that noise?" And uh, you know, Larry gives him the whole spiel. Um, Jeff offers him a beer, but he's like, "Oh, but I can't even open it anyway because I don't have a can opener." Um, I think my housekeeper is stealing from me because every time I look for something, it's missing. Yeah. Um, it, it, this is really like tough to understand. Um, who would possibly like? Why would a housekeeper steal a can opener of all things to steal? Oh, she needed a can opener, <laughs> and that's the exact thing that she would steal. That's what she happened to need at the time. Uh, <laughs> so you're going to risk your job over an item that costs like six ninety nine. Yeah, I actually didn't even mean to look. Do you remember what beer they were having? No. Yeah, I think it was a Sorry. domestic beer, which you shouldn't need a can opener for. Um, what? What? All yeah. domestic beers are twist off? That's not true. That's not true. I think. I think it's true. It's definitely not true. Well, maybe not at this point, but it used to be the true. I feel like there were less twist offs. There's more twist offs now than there used to be. The twist off is a relatively new invention now. I think like the main like like Bud Light or whatever is going to be a twist off, right? Yeah, but if you're getting like anything that's not like a like a super popular, you know, like top ten beer, it's not usually a twist off. Let's see. We While bottle beers from major U.S. labels all tend to be twist off, almost any other beer you buy in bottles, U.S. or not, will use a standard not twist off cap. Okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess that was just a myth that I grew up with. Um. Anyway, so Larry tells him, um, you know, I gotta go buy this bra for my housekeeper, but I don't know the size. And Susie comes in. She's like so excited. She's in a celebratory mood because Sammy has lost her last tooth and the tooth fairy will be visiting the greenhouse for the last time. Um, Larry's a little surprised that an 11 year old is still a believer in the tooth fairy. Yeah. 
It's a little borderline to quote the president. Yes. <laughs> but I do. I mean, how stupid is Sammy really that she believes in the tooth fairy? I mean, we've discussed this on this podcast, but like my son immediately knew the, the tooth fairy was bullshit. Like the first time he lost a tooth. Um. Yeah, correct. And I think uh, you said your daughter was the same. Yeah, right away. Like, like five or like, six. You're really, you're really the tooth fairy, right? Yeah. Or like, yeah, okay. Yeah, now, yeah you admitted like, it right every... away. I, I, I maintained the fiction for a while, but it was sort of like, you know, he knew I was lying. I knew that he knew I was lying. We were both sort of winking at each other. Yeah, because like I felt, I felt like this, like unlike you know other things that maybe I, I don't always tell the full picture of that I've like built my entire social life around. Um, the tooth fairy, I'm less invested in perpetuating. I do like how you define that, religion that. as your social life, but yeah, but not uh, inactively. I mean, essentially, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what it is for me. I mean, for other people, it's, you know, very important to their, you know, day-to-day yeah, existence. some people wear for a me, nail around their neck, but yeah. You no, know, for me, it's like, um, you know, if you want to be in a country club, as, you know, Larry tends to, like, you know, mm-hmm. they make certain rules for the country club, and if you don't I wear see. the crest in the dining room with under your jacket, then they don't let you into the dining room. So, mm, got you, know, it. you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always felt like growing up that when I, that I had like a leg up on uh, like the Gentile kids because I knew like much younger than them that Santa Claus was fake. Yeah. And like they were like still like until they were eight, nine, How dumb ten. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. Like they're so stupid. I'm like, I knew since I was four. Like my parents told me immediately yeah. Santa Claus is fake because he's not part of our thing. So yeah, obviously exactly. it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember my next door neighbor, Richie, uh, telling me when he was like eight that he believed in Santa Claus. And I was sort of Donald Trump to Richie, except that I was like, you know, not an adult and I didn't know better. And I said, you believe in Santa Claus? That's ridiculous. And, um, you know, I caused some consternation, I think. Is this like his mom like yelled at you or something? I honestly don't remember. I remember us having a conversation. I I assume that there must have been escalated to the parents because I, you know, but I don't I just remember that I I remember being surprised that he still believed in Santa Claus. Right. No, I know I I somebody told me a story that like. It was like a huge blow up. No, we because, did not have like, a they, huge blow up like that. We did actually. So we so were good friends. With somebody else. We were good friends with our next door neighbors, uh, Gentiles though they were. And um, and Jenna, the girl who was friends with my sister Haley, who funnily enough ended up dating um, Ariel Marcus, a, a Jewish uh, friend of mine from uh, or a Jewish who was actually a friend of my sister's in high school so she ended up jenna getting very got very involved with the jewish community a little bit later but she told Haley when they were like six one day she said oh did you know that the jews killed jesus (laughs) (laughs) that i remember required all four parents and the two girls to have a sit down um yeah no that's uh that's uh more intense than than than, uh that the santa thing yeah, so I, I know and I knew that I, I remember the sit down happening, but I wasn't participating in it. And I, and I really, you know, I had the FOMO. So I wanted to know what was going on. But right. yeah, I should ask my sister what happened with that conversation. I'm sure yeah, please is. do. Yeah, they, they, maintain, uh, they maintain their friendship after that for a while. So I'm sure it worked out. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, um, so Susie like goes off on Larry. Basically, he's like, you're such a you're such a Scrooge. And uh, she's like holding the tooth and like she's like holding it like right between her boobs, basically right in the cleavage. And Larry's like staring right at it. And as, after she walks away, Larry's like, I think Susie and Maria are the same size, yeah. which is obviously impossible that he would have like couldn't like notice that or, or figure and that also out. too yeah i mean she has a little bit of cleavage here susie but she's not she has certainly worn sexier outfits right she wore like the, at the halloween party right she wore yeah. like that and, and like to the extent that larry has an opinion about susie's breast size it should have been determined earlier that like but again it requires a little bit more examination than merely standing you know five feet across from someone who has a very very vague amount of cleavage shall we? Well, that's not even the issue. The bigger issue is he's comparing it to his memory from hours earlier of yes. what Maria's boobs yeah, look like. Yes. But again, <laughs> like Larry is a, is a bra savant <laughs> who, with minimal information, finds the perfect bra. Yeah, no, somebody, yeah, somehow he knocks this out of the park. Yeah. 
Um, and he's like, well, Jeff's like, well, I can find out what Susie's bra size is, obviously, because yeah. we, uh, we share a house. Uh, Jeff's yeah, like, it's well, weird. it's weird that Jeff, you know, I, I, mean, I, that- I don't know. my I don't know my wife's bra size offhand. So I know I remember my wife telling me once, but I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's been updated since then. You know, like, I mean, you know, people change. Yeah. Well, so your wife also just, your wife just had a child fairly recently, so that throws yeah. everything off. Yeah. Um, also, like, I, I think they also like they're they could they could like change on by the day, but you know, women's bodies they have all these like weird things going yeah, on. Who knows what's going on? Hormones, this, Not that. Us. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Good to be a guy. Yeah. Although, as Elaine said, uh, I don't know how you guys deal with that thing flopping around there anyway. Yeah, they're they're fine. They work just yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, plus, we make. Um, 23% more money. So. Oh, yeah, definitely worth it. For the same work. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's why, you know, they say men have been men, men have been hardest by the coronavirus. Because, yeah, because when they, you lose your job, you lose more money. Right, exactly. Yeah. Women, it's uh, 77 cents, not so big. So not so yeah. Big deal. yeah. Um, anyway, we're, we're, we're in favor of women making the same as men. Yeah. Case that, yeah. <laughs> not more, the same. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Jeff's like, oh, well, do you know Cheryl's size? Larry's like, yeah, actually, I just found out, but I was actually a bit disappointed to see. Uh, but he but won't had, tell like, what it... Wouldn't his enjoyment be, like, the feeling of them, the seeing of them, not, like, right, the like, number on a piece of fabric? Right, like, if it turned out, like, oh, th- these were actually, like, 38 double Ds this whole time yeah. that I didn't realize, like, okay. Then like, what, what how does that benefit him? Exactly. Right, yeah. exactly. Like, they it's, are like, they it's are. like Jerry writes, you know, he writes 31 on his jeans because he wants to be thinner than he actually exactly. is. Exactly, correct. Yes, it's actually, so, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah I I, you so. know what? I guess I hear it. Like, there is, I guess there probably is some psychological uh, aspect that some men would get from just, like, the knowledge of what the bra size yeah, was. Yeah, I mean, look, th- if, there is certainly an advantage. Like, when you buy... Well, let's talk about wine, for example. I enjoy sure. drinking wine, yeah, but I, I don't do really, I, I don't, I don't, I can't really tell the difference between a $15 bottle of wine and like a $50 bottle of wine. And also, yeah, I pretty mean, much the same. Yeah. And I maintain that there is no difference. And I, and I've actually seen those studies that show like they give like the biggest wine snobs and they're only like 50% accurate. And, you know, I, I, I don't tell this to my friends who are big, you know, onophiles or whatever the word is, because, you know, it's just obnoxious to, you know, to shit on someone's hobby. But I sort of privately, I think, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. It's unnecessary. Um, however, if I know that I'm drinking a $50 bottle of wine, then I enjoy it more because psychologically, oh, of course. yeah. Yes. So I guess yeah. w- when Larry has enjoyed uh, Cheryl's breasts, he, I, I guess, knowing a number that was larger would make him, you know, sort of like, it's like a brand name breast, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah like uh, I've gone to those a very like, wine... analogy. Yeah. When I've gone to like wine tastings yeah. and like they like they want to like clean out your glass between pours. And I'm just like, just, it, it, there was red wine before and you have the other red wine. Just pour it in. It's fine. Yeah. But like you can't do that because then you're really calling into question the entire uh, existence. No, you of have industry. to do with the swirl and you have to pretend like, you know, what the yeah, fuck yeah, you have to go along with it. But it's yeah. just like whatever. It's Although not, I, I, you know, being a person never I have never in my life poured out an ounce of wine or spit out an ounce of, of wine course. in a wine tasting. You consume the whole thing. And then I also consume my wife's because, you know, she doesn't want to. We actually have a wine tasting next week. Oh, nice. Like a socially distanced um, one. They're like delivering. It's like a Zoom wine tasting, but they're delivering the wines to yeah, your house have, ahead of time. We have a similar. I was wondering, like, do they deliver? They're not delivering whole bottles. So they're delivering like mini bottles or like, like, I don't little, know. I don't know how that's. Going. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if we signed up for it. Yeah. Our school or shul or something is doing an event like that. Like, uh, yeah. but uh, it's so kind of lame. This is for our school. <laughs> Our shul is actually doing on Saturday night a wine tasting, also in outdoors, socially distanced one. Which, by the way, within this weather, may not be great on a Saturday night. Yeah, 
um but we we were discussing going except that we can't find a babysitter because like you know we shouldn't find a babysitter because no one should be babysitting you know you don't yeah. random strangers come in your house so yeah that's that's the one floor. yeah although i i was talking about this with my wife and my wife and like I don't think it's actually a big deal to have a babysitter because, like, if my kids are asleep upstairs, well, that's true. In this circumstance, yeah, she comes like, in the house. She, she can sit on the floor. She, she, she never sees anyone. They don't even have to wear a mask. Like, they're not. They, yeah. She's not even coming within a hundred feet of anyone. Yeah, you know what? That's a good point. Jen was like, like "Oh, we can never get a babysitter," but actually, yeah, that's a good point. This I think you can. Is- like, I, I don't. I, I really, like, I really don't think they even need to wear a mask in your house. Like, they're gonna be on a different floor from everybody. Well, oh, I mean, hold I on. Though. If- we we have a baby, though. I forgot about that. Oh, okay. Well, yes, that's different. I forgot about. No, right. If there's a if there's a possibility, she's going to have to go interact with the baby. But then you could also just say, okay, so then yeah. Well, no, she would certainly have to interact with the. I mean, you know, the baby is up every hour and a half or whatever. So right. Yeah. Um. Actually, I was thinking today. You you forget about that. Yeah. This baby has, in his entire life, has only seen five other humans' mouths. Which is very weird. Specifically, why are you focusing on mouths? Because every person he's ever come in contact with is wearing a mask, except for his parents and his brothers. Okay, I see what you're saying. But like his babysitter, (laughs) his grandparents, anyone else he's ever seen has a mask. It must be a strange existence for him. Yeah, he's gonna be very confused when all the masks come off. Yeah, like oh, all these foreign mouths in my face. (laughs) Yeah, nostrils and mouths galore. Horrifying. Yeah, it's gonna be. uh, I had a mustache uh, for a couple weeks, and my wife said to me very uh, frustratingly. She said, the only person or the person who primarily who dislikes mustaches the most is me. And I'm also the only person who can see your mustache because anytime you were around anyone else, your mustache area is covered. So why do you have this mustache? I have seen your mustache on Zoom. So, yes, you did see it on Zoom. That's true. I, I had a few so, other Zooms at the time. So uh, take that, Dr. Jen. <laughs> Fake news. Yes. So I say keep the mustache. Yeah. To be fair, my, the baby has seen on screens like he's aware that other people possess mouths just in person. He hasn't seen them. Right. But he might think those are like pretends because yeah. on TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so Jeff, uh, Jeff is like trying to coax Larry to uh, give up the goods on Cheryl's bra size. Yeah. But oh, Larry won't. We I guess about. he's just he's like too embarrassed <laughs> to admit how uh, how small his wife's breasts are. Um, and is it that? I thought he like, just had such respect for uh, for for Cheryl. Yeah, um, and Jeff's like, fine, then I'm not telling you Susie's unless you tell me Cheryl's. Yeah. And they're at an impasse. Jeff, aren't you an employee of Larry's? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I don't so know like, if this no. really falls under a, a part of the job description. <laughs> yeah. So they're uh, we fast forward a little bit. It's like a weird time lapse because like a time lapse and then it's just like they're still at Jeff's house hanging yeah. out, which is yeah. very strange. At first, I thought like, oh, is this like the next day? And now they're hanging out at Larry's house. And I was like, no, this is just like a weird edit. Yeah. Um, and they're watching basketball and Larry's doing his spiel that he stole from himself from Seinfeld about, uh, you know, if he was given the chance, he could be the general manager of a basketball team. Um, you know, they usually give those jobs to uh, former players and people yeah, who are exactly. broadcasting. The whole thing. Um, I do yeah. love when it's so obvious that like George storylines from Seinfeld were just Larry David storylines yes. because Larry just re- repeats them in another show without even, you know, he either doesn't right, remember, yeah. doesn't care. He, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so Larry gets up to pee and uh, as he's going there, he passes by the laundry room and happens to see a bra yeah. out and about. Yeah. Uh, realizes this is probably Susie's and now I no longer need Jeff because I got a bra right here. So he uh, he checks the label mm-hmm. and then he uh, he holds it up to his chest that he's like pretending like he's wearing the bra. And he has big boobs and he's holding his boobs and like kind of like dancing around a little bit. And as you're watching this, you're obviously expecting he's going to get caught. 
Right. You assume, like, I didn't even remember how this played out. So I assumed Susie was going to walk in on yeah. him just like Cheryl did. When the scene um, ends, I'm completely shocked that he doesn't get cut. Now, of course. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, got presumably he's going to get in trouble for this somehow. Yeah. Because, you know, Larry David's not going to get away with that. Yeah. Um, but they did drop Chekhov's uh, stealing uh, nanny uh, earlier. Yes. So. Yes. Um, and so, you know, he uh, he heads back to the uh, living room, but because of his damn squeaking shoes, he wakes up Sammy just at the very moment that Susie was there slipping the five dollar bill or whatever dollar bill under under her pillow. And Sammy, it's it's a it's a house of cars for Sammy. It all comes crashing down. <laughs> yeah. She you're you're really tooth fairy. I don't believe you about anything anymore. Yeah. You just you just lie to me. You're a liar. Uh, it was a humongous overreaction by Sammy. Yeah. And by the way, this uh, is Susie's fault. This is why you don't have an 11 year old still believe in this. Michigan. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Because, right. When you're like lying to me about like basic things. Yeah. Like you're pretending that like a fairy is going to come into my. But again, Susie's, uh, Sammy's very dumb to believe. This. <laughs> yeah, so seemingly. Yeah. Why is Larry, uh, by the way, upstairs at Jeff's house in the first place where the laundry room and Sammy's bedroom is? That makes no sense. Yeah. Maybe the downstairs bedroom uh, bathroom was broken. I, I assume in a house like Jeff's, he has yeah at least one bathroom on the main floor. Um, that there's really no explanation for why he's upstairs in that part of the house where the kid's sleeping anyway. But yeah, yeah. Um, so Susie's of course furious with Larry. Um, Larry's like, "Look, I'm sorry, but come on, it was inevitable that she was going to find out that the tooth fairy is fake." Does and... Sammy not have any friends at school? Like yeah, right. Like, like, which, like, right, right. Oh, I got money for the tooth fairy again. Uh, you yeah. know, it's your parents, right? Yeah. Like that. That's like what happens in like second grade. Probably. Yeah. I mean, th- this is going to sound like a made up story because people can't be this dumb. But Jen's best friend, who uh, I won't say her name, but um, we were at we were in Israel at my aunt's and uncle's house for a Shabbat dinner. And Jen, my girlfriend, was with me at the time. And Lauren, her best friend, I guess, was also there at the same time. And somehow. Oh, I just mixed up two stories, totally unrelated. That was a story where Lauren, it turns out, had never heard of the Beatles, which I guess if you're 18 now might be possible, but like people are, it just seems impossible. That was a separate, and I just said her name, which I shouldn't have said. Anyways, <laughs> forget about all that. The other story I was going to say, which about was which is about her being very dumb, which is the actual connected story, has nothing to do with uh-huh. my Israel or my aunt, forget all that, is that we were talking one day about like how people lie to their kids and say, like when your dog dies, oh, it went to live on a, uh, live in a farm in the country, right? And we were right, having this okay. conversation, and Lauren said, that's so ironic because my dog actually did leave <laughs> to go live on a farm. Like and, and, and Jen and I looked at her, and Jen's like, Lauren, are you kidding? And Lauren looked completely seriously. She's like, yes, 100%. And she's like, I'll call my mom right now and prove it to you. And she called her mother, and in front of us, she had the conversation at like 24 years old where she discovered that her dog had died like 15 years earlier. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, that was um, that so, was on a show. I think that was was that on Friends. Maybe? I'm sure that's happened. That's why it's, it sounds made up because it's like yeah, how, yeah. But um, yeah, that happened to uh to Lauren. Entertaining. No stitching by oh, the way. Clunkers. Like her real yeah. Name, Phoebe, Phoebe had a dog named Clunkers. Let's see if I can find this. Well, this is the second real life thing in my life that also happened in Friends. What was the other? Yeah, one? maybe you're just stealing all your uh, stories from Friends. Yeah. <laughs> Did you once put up put on all of your roommates' clothes? <laughs> no, wait. What was there was something else? Oh, the honeymoon thing. Also, when my wife and I went on our honeymoon, someone in front of us, like checking in, got like told them it was their honeymoon, and they got upgraded. And then we tried it, and then they said, "Oh, there's no seats left," which I think also happened to, um, or which I know happened to um, Monica and Chandler because when I, I I like except that I incorrect when I was telling the story to someone contemporaneously at the time, 
in an email, I accidentally referred to it as a Seinfeld, which is very embarrassing as a person who claims to know a lot about Seinfeld. I accidentally referenced it as something that happened on Seinfeld instead of Friends, but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. Okay. So it's it's Ross. Yeah. Um, they uh, his parents claimed that they had sent him the, his puppy to chase rabbits on the Milner's farm in Connecticut. Mm. And he believed uh, it as well. And then he he finds out that not the case. Yeah. Yes, as an adult. Okay. So it's I guess I guess it's believable that it could happen because it happened on. Yeah. That's so funny. My dog, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, so um, well, the woman's a doctor, by the way. She's like a very smart person, just very dumb about things. You know, she's book smart. We'll leave it right. Away. Yeah. So uh, Jeff comes. She's like, what's going on? Susie tells him what happened. Jeff's like, what's the deal with these cocktail shoes you have? <laughs> uh, Larry's like, no, you know, this is actually kind of like a, be- a blessing in disguise that she should just like find out already. And Susie says, that's none of your business. Um, Larry's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have propagated this ridiculous myth. Yeah. And Susie says, get the fuck out of my house. Larry says, are you sure? And Susie is sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love when Larry asks for confirmation. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a reasonable question because it's like, really? Are you you're throwing me out of the house because your kid found out your 11 year old found out the tooth fairy like yeah. by accident? It's not like I even told her like it was like a complete like random stupid thing. Yeah. By the way, the move, of course, is when Susie gets caught is just to say, oh, I was just checking, you know, like, but, I, you know, I guess. Sammy I doesn't buy that. I think one. that's. I think that is what she said. Yeah, but Sammy doesn't buy that one. But yeah, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she's really said, caught in the act. As you said, every, everything is. Sammy discovers everything. It's like a massive epiphany she has. Yeah, her mother's just a liar about everything. Yeah. Um. So uh, Larry comes home. Uh, it's uh, he comes upstairs and of course his orthotics make a lot of noise and wakes yeah. up the whole house. Um, Did we I know previously that Cheryl's parents sleep in different rooms? I was going to ask about that too. What the hell is that? Yeah, they're both. They come out of completely separate rooms. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I know people do that, so I got no problem with it. Yeah, it's weird, uh, but yeah, no, you should do whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, I wondered. Do you I, think, I just they think de- it's the kind of thing that they should have referenced in an episode or in a story. Yeah, or it, right. Like why? Like that's. It's like a weird decision to make storytelling wise yeah. to just put into this scene. Yeah, exactly. Without explanation, like why did they just have them both come out of the same door? Yeah. Now maybe it comes up later, and we just um, we don't remember. Yeah, don't remember. Possibly. I guess. Um, yeah, I wonder, do they sleep in, in separate rooms also at home or is it only when they're here because of whatever? One of them doesn't like the bed in that room or something like that. Yeah, who knows? Um, or maybe they don't have, a, a, you know, a, a room with uh, two beds or with a big bed yeah. or anything like that. So they By just, like, these orthotics, it seems odd that they would be making so much noise like on a carpet. But, you know, whatever. That's the whole plot of the episode. So like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, the story doesn't really work without the orthotics yeah. making noise. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, so, let... in the final scene, they're making noise literally blocks away. So, <laughs> so right. Um, so uh, Larry heads over to uh, Victoria's Secret to buy the bra. Uh, he tells the saleswoman it's for his housekeeper, but she senses he senses that she doesn't believe him. Um, he keeps insisting, no, it's not for me. I'm not buying for myself. Um, you know, I, it's really important for me that you believe me that it's not yeah. for me. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Actually, there is something wrong with that. Yeah, Larry's very regressive here. He He refers to a man who enjoys wearing women's underwear as a pervert. Like, well, what's wrong? I mean, I don't do it personally, but who cares if you wear women's underwear? Um, yeah, yeah, I don't care to wear whatever the hell you want. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's not, I think perverted has to imply that you're doing something to harm another person. No, um, I'm not sure. Right, I, well, I don't necessarily think of it that way, but all right. Well, now I'm looking up the word pervert. Uh, pervert. Is, oh, as a noun, a person whose sexual behavior is regarded as abnormal and unacceptable. So I think the 
unacceptable. I mean, abnormal and unacceptable are two very different things, right? Abnormal right. is anything like being gay is technically abnormal because it's not. It's less than. It doesn't normal mean like. Well, I guess normal doesn't mean majority, right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say being gay is abnormal, but like if you had yeah. like oh some like really niche so I guess, fetish, I guess what is abnormal mean percentage wise? It doesn't mean forty nine percent, right? No, it means like well under half a percent. Like okay, well then in that case, I would say the cross dressing wearing women's clothes is definitely not abnormal, right? I think I probably more than, and it's certainly not unacceptable. Well, it depends to who. Yeah, I would define unacceptable the way you did is like if you're not like harming anyone who gives a shit. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, other people might say unacceptable if it doesn't meet yeah. their, you know, like, no, this is an of... interesting definition because it's a, because it says a person whose sexual behavior is regarded as abnormal and unacceptable. It's not or. Right, so, it's both. yeah, it's both. so because there are certainly activities. Um, and, and, and as you said, I guess the unacceptability is well, according to who, according to like the prude or I was just listening to um, oh, what's that podcast called where they go. They do the deep dive into uh, Bill Clinton's impeachment on Slate. And then they also did the, uh, slow burn. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was I was recently listening to that because I'm trying to catch up on my podcasts. Uh-huh. And yeah, so Linda Tripp would probably find this uh, perverted because she would find it both abnormal and unacceptable. Do you know that Jonah Goldberg's mom is like the woman who like set up Linda Tripp with her German speaking husband? Something like that. No, I did not What's know that? that. That that didn't come up. Her, Jonah Goldberg's mom is involved in the. In the uh, Clinton story, something with Linda Tripp. She was like friends with Linda Tripp. Mm. There, there are Who's some random, the, like there's there's this husband and wife detective team whose go. daughter is a well known country singer or something like that. Oh, oh so she's the, she, sorry, right? She's the one that told Linda Tripp that she that it was okay for her to record her conversations with Lewinsky. Uh, why? Because she's like a big conservative, also, or like her son. Or? I don't know, meaning like she told her that it was legal too. like she told her like, oh, if you, legal. If, not, not. Yeah. Not, not like that was OK. Or, OK. Yeah. Your voice just became extremely deep. Oh, um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's still extremely deep. Like abnormally so unacceptably uh, so perverted. Uh, it's becoming a little bit better now. It was it was very crazy before. Oh, I, I don't know. No if, I don't know if it I don't know if it'll come through on the recording or not, mm. but it was it was very deep. I, I hope none of the listeners find my voice to be a perversion. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Okay. Yeah, so so I I'm not a fan of Larry calling it a perverted to wear women's underwear, but but I do feel for him because he lives in the world with Susie and Cheryl, who will really make him feel like shit later for such behavior. Yeah. Cheryl, of course, considers a kinky to have sex in the afternoon, and so he's living in a very regressive, uptight sexual world. It feels like, yeah, which is not what you would expect um, for these Hollywood liberals. But so uh, she idea. so she gives him a bra to try on, and he's like he's he likes how it feels. He rubs it up against his face. And he wants to know, do they have any underwear like this? And she's like, yes, as a matter of fact, we have matching panties that yeah. can go with it. He's like, no, no, it's not for me. And he's like, listen, you should feel free to try on anything you want in the store. And she's like, no. He's like, no, it's not for me. I, I just want matching <laughs> uh, material that yeah. I could wear as underwear. Yes. Um, anyway, so he uh, we head back home and he's showing Maria all the uh, different bra choices that he got. And he says, listen, the only caveat is I didn't know which size you are, but I'm pretty sure I nailed it. <laughs> and uh, she says she'll go try it on. Um, he heads upstairs and who was waiting for him? The uh, tag team of Cheryl and Susie. And Susie calls him a, fi- a sick fuck. Yeah. She says, as you know, our, uh, our housekeeper has been stealing from us, so we installed cameras, and look what we found on the camera. Mm. And 
first we just see him like looking at the label so he's like what's the big deal like i don't like i don't know why it's not obvious to larry that like they've both already seen this video <laughs> like they didn't come like like yeah. susie didn't come over saying yeah. okay let's wait for larry to come just and then we'll all watch the video. like, he, like yeah. she's already obviously shown cheryl the full video yeah um so but i would like to know so was the housekeeper stealing things or is that just another false accusation by susie yeah it's just a red herring i would agree by the way it is a little perverted because it's unacceptable probably to take your friend's wife's bra and try it on and sort of be prancing around oh for sure oh what yeah i think clearly what he does with cheryl's bra is fine and what he does with uh susie's bra at the store thinks he does with bras he may be purchasing also fine but yeah, what he's doing with Susie's bra is unacceptable. However, they're not saying, but this is why I'm, I'm so mad at Cheryl and Susie here. They're not saying to Larry, it's unacceptable to take your, like, Susie's bra and try it on and prance on without permission. They're saying that the very concept of you being attracted to wanting wearing a bra at all is so offensive. Yeah. So again, I, then, I feel bad for him. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do think that even, they like, focus looking on the at... wrong thing. They call him yeah. for the wrong things all the time, basically. Yeah. Uh, right. And then like Cheryl is like mad at him that like he was even like getting the bra from the housekeeper in the first place. He's like, you told me to get the bra. I say, no, I told you to tell her to get a bra. I didn't tell you to be in charge of getting the bra. But like, who cares? Like, there's no reason to think that like Larry is like going to buy the bra for some sort of like kinky reason. He's doing it because you t- you are the one who made this whole issue a thing. Yeah. Like he was fine with the, the breast swabbling around. Cheryl's the one that raised it as a problem. Yeah. Um, and uh, Susie, of course, is still pissed off about the whole Tooth Fairy incident. <laughs> so he heads back down and Maria is showing off the new bra. And they're both very happy. Everything has worked out very nicely. Um, he sees his father-in-law is uh, sleeping on the couch and Maria explains, yeah, he told me that he's very tired because he couldn't sleep last night, yeah. obviously because Larry woke him up. <laughs> um, but then he spots that the mezuzah is still on the table and Maria explains, well, yeah, Jesus, um, was very angry at you because of the you know that you even were like discussing my breasts at all. Like he was very inf- offended by that. So not, not he, unreasonable, I think. Yeah. So he uh, he said Larry could go fuck himself, and yeah. he quit. <laughs> so he's no longer your handyman. Yeah. Oh, interesting um, move by Maria to tell her boss that her husband told him to go fuck himself. Yeah. Yeah. They, She's they like might totally have been more, about it. Yeah, my husband yeah, told him to go fuck himself. Yeah, especially when, like, she knows that, like, her job was, like, on thin ice as of, yeah, like, 20 minutes not. ago. It's not like, oh, here's another employee and, like, I'm, you know, being the loyal employee. It's a very strange thing to move. Yeah. Also, by the way, Jesus had promised to put the mezuzah up before the whole breast thing happened. So, really, he should have put it up anyways. Bad job yeah. by Jesus procrastinating. Very good. Bad job by Jesus. Um, yeah, it was also very, very uh, we didn't even mention earlier, like, very uh, Chekhov's uh, name when larry asks like oh is it pronounced jesus or jesus yeah like when he's like everyone keeps referring to him as jesus so like you know what it is um anyway so um he's he's nervous because his dad is on his way he sees him pulling up and he closes he grabs a hammer but he can't find any nails so he runs to his father-in-law sleeping on the couch pulls the necklace off of his neck and he uses that as the nail to uh knock in the mezuzah Mm. um Thus, uh, I guess, killing their lord and savior in service of Mezuzah and some sort of, yeah, you know, I, yeah. it lines up somehow. I do love, by the way, that Cheryl's dad couldn't sleep if um, someone like two rooms away was walking in the hallway, but he doesn't wake up when Larry rips this thing off his <laughs> right. neck and gets it like stuck on his nose and everything. That, that, yeah. that he doesn't wake up from. Um, so, yeah, well, now eventually, of course, he wakes up when he hears the banging. Yeah. And... Oh, of course, yes. Th- then hearing a hammer wakes him up again, even though his face getting smushed doesn't. 
Yeah. Um, and he all he, he figures out very quickly what's going on. He's missing his necklace. He sees Larry with the nail. Everyone's screaming at Larry. Yeah. Uh, of course, his dad knocks on the door at the exact moment and walks in, sees the mezuzah. So at least one person in the house is happy right now. Yeah, he's very excited to see that mezuzah. He's very excited to see the mezuzah. Yeah. Um, you know, technically, Larry should really be putting it on every door in his house. Uh, not yeah, just well, the front I mean, door. Look, Larry's not orthodox. <laughs> also, let's be honest. It's not the, the metal frame that matters. It's the parchment inside, which there's 0% chance Larry has. Right. Um, well, so, if he bought it, if he bought like, if he went to like a Judaica store and said, I need a mezuzah, they would probably sell it to him with the parchment inside. I mean, if it's so? a very, well, okay. So I'll give you an example. Um, one year, my wife was not brought up religious. She was brought up, or she was not, she was not brought up orthodox. She was brought up conservative. And she was becoming Orthodox, and she was going to Israel for the summer to learn in like a yeshi- in like a school where you learn like Jewish stuff. And um, I had mentioned the, the the idea of mezuzahs having to be kosher, which wasn't even a concept that like she was aware of. So when she mentioned this to her dad, her dad said, "Hey, why don't you check mezuzahs in our house because they've never been checked." So he gave me a bag of mezuzahs. Uh, the, 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 so the mezuzah actually, it's not just the metal little thing or the wood little thing that goes in the doorway, but inside of that is a parchment on which is written some text from the from the Torah. And if the text, if any of the letters are cracked or broken, or you know, if if the, you know if it's old, basically, then it's then it's not kosher, which means you need to replace it, basically. So um, Jen's dad asked me to check these to take these mezuzahs to the guy who will check them at the store and make sure that they're still kosher. And so he gives me the bag, and I remember we're sitting on the plane flying to Israel, and Jen hands me this bag, and I open it up, and the first one literally is a photocopy, and stamped on the photocopy is the words, not kosher. <laughs> so I said to Jen, I'm like, I don't think we have to pay a professional to determine the, the, uh, the validity of these. Yeah. <laughs> by, its, by its own admission. Yeah. 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 And so the, I, don't the, think, I... I don't think somebody like Larry David, when he's buying, like, he's buying, you know, he's buying, and, and by the way, when you're at a Judaica store, you can buy the parchment or the box they, they don't come in as a tandem they might offer you the parchment there's no chance there's a parchment in there is what i'm saying yeah um it's so, so the idea to you know in, in the tradition is that like uh having the mezuzah in your house is supposed to uh, you know god is going to protect the people of the house as we you know we said before it's kind of similar to the, the whole concept yeah. from the passover story about the and blood if you don't have parchment on your house god will kill you yeah, so yeah, uh, well, so so I remember uh, a, a mezuzah story. Um, I don't know if you remember. There was like an Amtrak train that derailed like five or ten years ago. You remember that yeah. it was a big thing. Um, no, so but... yo, you don't remember that? There was like yeah, it was like from like Philadelphia to in between like Philadelphia and Baltimore, maybe. Okay. Um, anyway, so someone I know who was, was on the train, and they posted on Facebook like a couple days later. It's like craziest thing. Like after I got back from the whole thing, I was in the, you know, I, I thankfully I was, everyone was okay. I was okay. I, I think maybe a couple people died. I don't remember. Um, I came home and like we we checked our mezuzahs, and one of the like one of the mezuzahs in my house was was no good. Like as you said, like the word one of the words was broken or something. So it's like crazy. Like that like that must have been like why the like it's like. Like it's just a very strange intersection of like religious fanaticism and extreme narcissism. Yeah, I think that like God caused like a train with a thousand people on it to derail because one your like parchment in yeah. your apartment was no good. Like, yeah. no, come on, like you're not yeah. you're not that big a deal. Yeah, I mean, so we, um, I, I mean, I think it's complete superstition, and and someone who is I think more religious than you, I still think it's ridiculous. But I will say, when we had a uh, very uh, bad run of events with diseases in the family and a bunch of stuff going on in our and a fire in the house and all this stuff in like early 2019 
by the way, 2020, much better year than 2019 for the Chesters. <laughs> Maybe not for the rest of the world. But um, and so people were saying this, oh, you know, when they're hearing all our bad stories, people in the Jewish community say, oh, you should really check your mezuzahs. And again, I think that's complete superstition. I don't think that God is, you know, I would have very diff- great difficulty believing in a God who decides that he's going to strike people down because a piece of parchment, you know. Very petty word. God, very yeah. petty God. So, but nevertheless, I did think, you know, you, sh- you are supposed to check them every seven years or whatever it is because, you know, parchments dry up or get cracked or whatever, you know, with the humidity. and the. So I'm like, okay, and, fine, I'll get it. And lo and me. behold. Yeah, no, they were like, none of them were kosher. I think like two of them were kosher. <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, but I, I'm not going to say that that is why all these terrible things happen because that would be insanity. Like, but also they were probably... My mother-in-law didn't have to suffer an aneurysm because her son-in-law's mezuzah wasn't kosher. Like, if right. that's how God also works, they, then, then fuck you. But, also, okay. they were probably not kosher for years. Yeah. If, if they were yeah. all not kosher. At least some of yeah. them would not be kosher for years. So yeah, exactly. Like, 2017 so, should have been shitty, too. Yeah, exactly. So, um, um, yeah. I'm, I'm not against checking mezuzahs, but I am against ascribing a significant meaning to discovering them being not. Also, yeah, you only check them after a bad event happens, so that's when you right, always find course. them not kosher. But, yeah, but yeah, as you just said, they're probably right. not kosher. It's a setup. They're always not kosher. Yeah. Especially the ones that are stamped, not kosher. Um, how accessible this conversation is going to be to our uh, Gentile listeners. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what we do. Whatever, yeah. As long as we're not Fire insulting po- Trump. Right. Yeah. So we had a we had a commenter who uh, who doesn't like that we talk badly about Trump so much. Which I I don't even I don't think that he didn't like that we don't talk, like he just like doesn't want us to talk about politics at all because it's a curb podcast. Um, but you know, we only discuss. I hear. We to only be discuss fair, her. I, I think, I hope we'll be discussing Donald Trump much less frequently. So. Yeah. So people who are Win-win. reluctant to keep listening because of that, like you yeah. have something to look forward to. Hopefully yeah. <laughs> uh, he should disappear from the podcast, uh, at least on a weekly basis. But yeah. I have a feeling he might come up from time to time. So we can't make any promises. <laughs> he has yeah. a tendency to stay in the, in the news. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So uh, Larry and Jeff are hanging out in, I, I think this is Larry's office, uh, eating lunch. And they're having some of Maria's chicken salad. Yes, the famous chicken salad. They're uh, they're really enjoying it. Um, Larry's, you know, praising himself about how she's very happy with the bra. He nailed the size exactly right. Uh, Maybe he should uh, do a carnival game where he just, like, looks at women and guesses their bra size. Yeah, and this is sort of a reminiscent of what will happen in season 10, right? With the Fred Armisen guy in Mexico. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah, our uh, our brief uh, guest last week, Jared Jerome, is an expert at saying yes. people's heights just from like seeing them. like the eighth of an inch. Yeah. So, right. So like, yeah, to an absurd degree. Well, so uh, if he if a woman lies down flat on the ground, could he uh, determine her breast size? Because that that's right, well, a height. Yeah, you'd have to get all the different directions. It's a lot of different measurements there. I think. Yeah, there's like circumference <laughs> and yeah. area. I don't know. What's, I don't know what to follow. <laughs> area. <laughs> Yeah, how do, how does you, the bra sizing work? I'm interested to know, actually. You have to use, yeah, pie is involved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do think, I think, and again, uh, not an expert on the topic, I think usually w- women have like a couple of like really good, expensive, comfortable bras, and then they have like the cheaper, crappier ones, right? Don't they? I don't know. Um, that sounds consistent with what uh, what I've seen. Yeah. No, and then, yeah, then there's also, like, for this kind of dress, you have to have this one because it's strapless or backless. Then there's that whole conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I, if it was, if it was my, if I had to wear a bra, I would basically go all, almost only for comfort. Like, comfort. I would, I, yeah, I wouldn't care about it. Well, but again, else. but you don't want it, but depending on what outfit you're wearing, you know, you don't want it exposed. I, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wear outfits where it was going to be a problem. <laughs> like, I would, like, I would base my entire wardrobe around Comfort you would drape yourself in velvet if it was so, even if yeah, it's not it's, acceptable. Correct. You know, because wearing a bra seems very annoying. 
and a lot of women complain about it and like my only like it's like with shoes also like i just i, I refuse to wear shoes that are not completely comfortable to me like at yeah. this point in my life like what am i who am i wearing them for like well if, really if well, i mean 2020 has been the year like yeah if you worn an uncomfortable piece of clothing in 2020 probably not what yeah exactly yeah yeah i yeah I, i'm like i'm done with fancy clothes that yeah. aren't comfortable um so yeah so um Larry mentions that he he uh, he has a new nail for his father-in-law, unless uh, a new unless a new emergency arises, which mm-hmm. is, of course will. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes a bite out of the sandwich, and uh, all of a sudden he has huge pain in his mouth. He realizes his tooth fell out. Yeah. That there must have been uh, she left some bones in the chicken salad, which well, yeah, is very very bad work by Maria. Yeah, but also like there's no possible way your tooth like the a, yeah. a small piece of chicken bone would not cause your tooth to fall out. You would have think possibly chip it, possibly, but even that seems a little bit hard to believe. Anyhow, yes, and uh, he uh, he hears squeaking noise, very loud squeaking noise, uh, and he correctly surmises that it must be Jesus coming to kill him. Yes. It wasn't it wasn't enough that he told him to go fuck himself and quit because he like had the audacity to mention to his wife that could you please wear a bra in my house now he's well, larry did have a lot of breast conversation with uh yeah with that's Maria. true right he could have right he, he pursued it a little bit more than he should have but, but again jesus this... is not like in the hallway outside the office jesus is like outside down the street like at <laughs> right. the end of the block <laughs> yeah it, it's it's very crazy yeah. um so we see him coming into the building and he sees a sign and he pulls a uh he pulls yeah. the, the, the mast <laughs> off of it and of course it's in the shape of a giant cross yeah and he sees Larry, he starts chasing after him, uh, but he suddenly falls and he's in, writhing in pain. And we realize that he has stepped on the nail, which has fallen out of Larry's pocket. The and very Larry nail marvels. I was going to return. <laughs> Larry marvels about, at how this, uh, the nail has saved him. And, Larry and also, there says, does see something, there is something biblical about this extremely large, strong man felled by such a small nail. It's uh, like yes, a Goliath sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, or Samson as well. Yes. Um, and Larry's like, well, you know, let's help him. And they, uh, they slowly drag Jesus, otherwise known as Jesus's body, draped over a cross as dramatic music plays. Like, I, like, I think we would have gotten it if you didn't tell us earlier in the episode, oh, can we also pronounce his name Jesus? Like we would have, we would have figured out the imagery there. Yeah. Um, so we're uh, back home for the final scene, and Larry wakes up and finds a $5 bill under his pillow, turns over to Cheryl and says, ha-ha, very funny, but she has no idea what he's talking about. And Larry stares up in the sky and starts to wonder, maybe the Tooth Fairy is real after all. Yeah, so it, what, I don't understand the end of the episode. Like, who put the five bucks there? Yeah, I, yeah, I, don't, I think it's just like... Uh, so like, the implication is because like there's some significant religiousness to I guess if Jesus is real, therefore the tooth fairy is also I'm very confused by the end of the episode. Yeah, it's like, you know, all these things that like Larry has mocked throughout the episode, it's now or he's just he's reconsidering. I guess. Although uh, it's probably offensive to believers in faith to uh imply that the tooth fairy is the same level. But yeah, anyway. Uh perhaps. <laughs> All right, so how do you rate this episode? I'm, uh, I would say this is uh, like a little bit below of an average episode. Um, I don't, I, you know, I think we pointed out a lot of stuff in this episode that just like didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, the the ending is funny, but like as you said, doesn't make sense at all. Um, the whole like cross nail thing at the in the second to last scene, which I would consider like the real ending of the episode, is also kind of silly. Um, 
I am, I'm going to give this a pretty, pretty good two pretties out of five. I think it's a pretty weak episode. Yeah, this is your lowest ranking since uh, Mel's offer, the opening episode of season four. There you go. Yeah, so we were, so, we've been on a nice run, I think. But yeah, yeah. I, I think this is a weak one. There's a lot of references to previous episodes, right? Uh, Larry's had issues with his housekeeper, Dora, in uh, season three, episode nine, Mary, Joseph, and Larry. He was accused of having a tits obsession in season four, episode two, Ben's birthday party. So it's a bit disappointing to me that's, to see Curb is like recycling these storylines like this early in the series, right? Like we're only in season five. But I did like the episode. I didn't love it. I'm a little, little higher than you. I say that the episode is pretty, pretty, pretty good. So two and a half for me. I rank it 29th out of the 43 episodes that we've seen so far. All right. Um, who's your come with guy? Uh, my come with guy is Ramon. Ah. Uh, not even realizing that he was Ramon at the time that I had previously picked him as my come with guy. Wait, uh, so the, reason be- <laughs> the reason being is <laughs> I. One so- second. <laughs> well, I'll explain to you. So <laughs> I, ha- I have orthotics. Um, and I've been to the podiatrist many times, and I've been to different podiatrists, and it's it's just like it, the squeaky is not the problem. The problem is that my feet still hurt after they like make orthotics for me. Now, eventually, it's finally like they started to feel better, but like I went through like years of like going to different podiatrists to like get the right orthotics and right treatment, all these things. So like finally, my pain went away. So the fact that this podiatrist sees two patients and immediately makes orthotics that immediately that immediately makes them feel better right away, I say he's the come with guy of the episode. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, my wife also had an issue with, where she needed orthotics at some point, and she saw a podiatrist, and so she actually saw a podiatrist who uh, she did not have a good experience with, who uh, was went to high school with us, so I won't say his name. Um, not in our grade, but uh, oh. I think you okay. know who he is. Anyway. Um, I, don't, I, I, don't, really... I don't know who you're referring to, but yeah. No, you don't, but I'm saying, yeah, you would If you but said if his I, name, I would ask. If I said so. the name, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that guy. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyways, um, I wasn't sure who to make the come with guy here. I decided I would give it to Jeff. This is the first Jeff heavy, Jeff heavy episode we've had in a while, it seems. And, you know, I miss Jeff, so I give it to Jeff. But, yeah, I really wasn't sure uh, who to give it to. Um, at least I gave it to someone who was in the episode for more than uh, 30 seconds. <laughs> who is the worst person of? Uh, my worst person is Jesus. Yeah. Um, he just, Mine is he, Jesus, he go- but okay. Yeah, he uh, yeah, he totally loses his mind. Like, yeah, Larry, you know, cro- maybe crosses a little bit of a line in terms of how he talks, you know, with talking to his wife. But like he completely reacts. Like, he shouldn't quit his job. He certainly shouldn't hunt Larry down at his office and try and murder him. Yeah. Like, what this was is the crazy intent there? It did not seem uh, appropriate. So I mean, he's, I yeah, he's chasing after him with a giant stick. Like he's clearly going to want to hurt him at the, yeah. badly at the very least. Yeah. For the having the temerity of, you know, buying his wife a brazier. So yeah, I agree with even you. Even after even after Larry hooked him up with awesome shoes that made his feet feel better. Like that mm. should count like that goodwill should count for something. Yeah. Well, I'm pissed at you for you know how you spoke to my wife, but my feet feel better. So yeah. Even. So yeah, um, not, not yeah. even, but you don't have to kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, not a lot of celebrity no celebrity cameos in this episode except of Wait, course, who's your worst person? You oh you agree. Oh yeah, of course. Jesus. Yeah, okay, Jesus. sure. Um, the guy who plays Ramon, as we said, he's a celebrity in our Seinfeld-themed group chat, but not in the, <laughs> not in the real world. <laughs> Nowhere else. Yeah. Is, uh, who's a bigger uh, a bigger celebrity, would you say, him or Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> it's close. Uh, so this yeah. is, I, I haven't noticed this before, So, and I don't even think he was in this episode. Maybe he was for a second. Um, was Oscar in this episode? Do you remember that? Oscar the dog? Yeah. I don't believe so. Anyway, well, I just noticed on the, on the IMDb page, so Oscar the dog, the character, is played yeah. by Hunter. Hunter the dog. Uh, now, 
it seems to me that there's no good reason why the dog in 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 Curb needs to be named Oscar, right? Especially because Curb is a show where they give the most like secondary characters the name of the actor, like the same first name, right? No, but like specifically with a dog, like doesn't this mean that you have to like now train this dog to respond? To Oscar, in addition to Hunter. Well, I got news for you. Dogs don't know the difference between Oscar and Hunter. Dogs know the number of syllables. They don't actually. They can't actually. Oh, really? Them. Yeah. So Oscar and Hunter, it's it ain't knowing the difference. So if you if if you if you go to a dog with a two syllable name and you call to them with any other two syllable word, they will respond as if you said their name. In, in sort of it, if you if, if you can't if your intonation is the same and yes, that is what, crazy to me. That I don't want to be about dogs, but like. Oh, you know, okay. But, but, but I'm calling. Jen, I'm calling. I'm calling yeah. total bullshit on this. But no. But Jen's family are like big dog people, and that's what they they have told me. And I mean, I've seen okay. it happen with their dog. Dog where... people, please write in and explain why Chester is completely yeah. wrong. No, I, I, I'll apologize if he's right. But this this sounds bonkers to me. That just all that matters is the syllables and intonation. Um, I guess Oscar and Hunter are similar enough. Yeah. But that sounds crazy to me. Okay. Can dogs remember their own names? I'm at wagwalking.com. <laughs> Okay, history of dogs and their names. Oh, this is way too much. Science behind dogs learning their names. Okay. Um, some dogs are able to learn hundreds of specific words, while others are not. Okay, so okay, um, dogs are able to learn. And, and I feel like German oh. shepherds are generally pretty smart dogs. Your dog doesn't understand what they're saying. They will use body language to help to. If you say okay, they learn to respond to their name when it is said, not because they actually know it's their name. Yeah, that that yeah, that okay. works, right? <laughs> okay, so, so this is not yeah. So this is a little bit different than what my wife has insisted and her um her brother. Oh, but, so this is the second time of fake news for Doctor Jenna this very yes. episode. I don't remember but, the first one, but there could there could be you know. But again, I mean, it probably depends on the dog. Maybe I mean, my wife did have a very stupid dog. So, but hold on a second. But this same dog was so obsessed with cheese that in their in their house you cannot say the word cheese because if you say the word cheese, this dog will come running up to the fridge to acquire cheese. Like they literally can't say that word in any. If you say, "Oh, who wants pizza?" What, what what's on? Like if you say the word cheese in any context, the dog reacts. So I never called her on that inconsistency. The, the dog knows the word cheese. In no, he doesn't know the word cheese. He has a Pavlovian response to the word cheese because they obviously to, must have used it to train him at some point. Yeah, but like as a reward. But yeah, but but if she's saying that they don't know. But anyways, Oscar and Hunter. Yeah, are no, Doctor Jen is wrong. This this yeah. this theory makes no sense. I have to go talk to her about this when she's yeah. Away, please do. She's not okay, yeah. pause. Go speak to her. I'll wait here. Yeah. No, no I I do want I do want to get to the bottom of this because yeah, this is the claim that I've been told. But then the cheese. Thing. So it, it might be true for some dogs. Are you? I mean, is, I this do, like, is this they, like they, a Sandy like epiphany where now you no longer will believe anything? That yeah, Dr. I, will, Jen I says? believe nothing. No, well, I. Oh, it is a hoax. She did do this to me with her dog, where she showed me where they used. Uh, they, she said similar words, and the dog reacted. But again, if you're sort of barking the word at the dog and looking at him, like you know, it, it seemed like the dog in the you know, it's sort of a similar context. You know what I mean? Right. It was. It wasn't like any time, and you're just having a conversation. Every time you say a two syllable word, the dog turns around and says, "What? What? 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 What?" Yeah, because then the dog would have a very stressful life. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. This, this would be a big problem to yeah. train a dog. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway, okay, yeah. So that yeah, but, so, but her, her, her so dog, I'm gonna say by my original question yeah. is that I think it's strange that they would change the name of a dog for no yeah. good reason when they could just call him by his actual name. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So I'm thinking. So, so Jen's dog's name is or was who has passed gone on to the so it was Carrie, and Jen would call Carrie Uggles, and Carrie would respond to that also. But also maybe Carrie just thought she had multiple names. She's like, oh, this is another thing that I, I you know react to because I'll get you know attention or a treat or whatever. Oh, also, I have news for you um, while we're on the subject. Um, this is a, uh, a series wrap for Hunter, a.k.a. Oscar the dog. 
Did he pass on? Well, I'm sure by now he's passed on to the other side. No, but no, I, yeah, no. The Christ now is his last episode. Um, yeah. IMDb does not does not say whether he is alive or dead. Yeah, safe to say. All right, uh, should we go to the postman? Uh, we sure can. Postman, uh, postman, uh, come here. here Tell the neighborhood. Several emails this week. Um, first one is from a new emailer, Nelson from Denver, aka hmm. Mister D. Yeah. He says, first time, long time. I've been listening since day one of the pod. Really glad you guys are doing the rewatch. I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, but I think her makes me laugh the hardest. I give this episode pretty, pretty, pretty good. Sorry, pretty, 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 pretty good. Forced four pretties. Larry shimming with Susie's bra gets me every time. All of Larry's bra conversations are gold. Gold, Jerry, gold. For the come with guy, gal, he gives it to Maria. Love her free spirit style and willingness to humor Larry and try on the bra. Worst person he goes with, the podiatrist, a.k.a. Ramon, the pool guy. Oh, Nelson oh, wow. calls that out? Good job, Nelson. Yeah, for giving Larry the noisy orthotics. That noise will haunt my dreams. Uh, question for you guys. My wife and I purchased our first house back in June, and I noticed this object near our front door. I instantly thought of the episode when I saw it. Can you confirm that this is a mezuzah? Um, and he's included uh, pictures, which I can see, but which no one else can see because uh, this is a podcast. And I can confirm that this is very clearly a mezuzah. Uh, so, yes, kudos to you. Very funny that you, uh, you spotted that from an episode of Curb. Uh, so yeah, you have a mezuzah on your door. Uh, use it in good health. Hopefully, if it'll protect happens, you fa- Take it to a rabbi to check it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully, it'll protect you and your family. Yeah. Uh, he says, "I believe the previous owner was Irish. So I'm not sure how long it has been there. Uh, really digging the pods. We appreciate Nelson. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, feel free to write back." Mm, yes. A uh, next email from a. Uh, Recent new emailer, returning emailer, William Blake. He says, I'm Will, and I've never watched The Passion of the Christ. Hmm. Uh, same here. I thought this episode was more limited in scope than the previous two from this season, but the close the close threading of bras, tooth fairy, religion, orthotics was funny and well done. Come yeah. with guy is Jeff. Everyone else puts them, pits themselves against Larry. I took issue with Cheryl this episode. She asked Larry to get their housekeeper to wear a bra. No way is Larry equipped for this conversation. Cheryl should know that. I definitely think this bra plot is a product of its time. An LA couple of their ill caring about a housekeeper's bra in 2020. I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that's probably, probably not a conversation you should be having. Yeah. But I do agree with Will. I think the, the reason I you know, had this episode rated a little higher than you is I think it is sort of tied together well, even if you know we did find some flaws. Uh, yeah. Um, third email is from Zach Brooks, who writes, I can't believe Arix runs red lights. Horrible. Uh, yeah, our, Alex is a sociopath. You should you listen to enough of his podcasts by now to know that. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, uh, I, it was at three in the morning. Yeah, but, you know, it's fine. But I'm not you running know, red should. lights just for fun. That's how it starts. Yeah, I guess so. It's a uh, he asks, what's a more annoying George's track pants or Larry's orthotics? Uh, he... And he goes the episode. Th- <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is a, this is a big, a heavy Seinfeld episode. Yeah, uh, three and a half out of five pretties. Glad to see things came together at the end, but the bra stuff was just creepy. Hmm. And then in the cleanup spot, ooh, final email is from Olin Allen. He says he enjoyed this episode for the old-fashioned vaudeville screwball comedy routines, particularly the scene with Jesus, Jesus, sorry, Jesus carrying the cross-light item. The highlight was definitely Susie interrogating Larry while the grainy CCTV camera footage was showing Larry playing with her bra in the background. One of the joys of this rewatch is those moments which are constantly peppered throughout. That that scene is very good. Like I that's that's like a, an iconic uh, yeah. visual of Larry like playing with the bra. Hmm. Uh, it shows that it's not a one dimensional show with shouting matches. Hmm. Of course, such I, 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 iconic. I don't know if I enjoyed the sight of Larry playing with it. Yeah, but yeah. No, yeah, you don't have to enjoy it, but it's very memorable. 
Yeah. Um, of course, such routines have to be done well. They have been done here. I also felt happy with some Schadenfreude with Larry annoying his in-laws with slightly squeaky shoes, as they always seem to be making annoying rackets anytime they visit his house, not sticking up for my fellow Catholics at all. Come with Gal. He gives it to the Victoria's Secret salesperson, but more. Hold on. Olin is Irish, people. right? Olin is Irish, yes. So we, yeah, so maybe uh, he should, Nelson should ask him about why the Irish people had him on their door. All right. So uh, Nelson, be in touch with Olin. Yeah. <laughs> I Although I would guess Irish Americans more likely to have businesses on their door than Irish Irish. Um, sure. Simply by, you know. Oh, by, by virtue likelihood of, of previous owners. Of, yeah. Right. Having bought it from a Jewish person, right? There's yeah. Probably fewer people in Ireland who are Jewish than in America. Yeah. Um, she has, uh, he says, I have great personal experience as, my, as told in my soul red app cameo in the third wheel episode made it almost too comfortable to be a lone man hanging around the lingerie store. Oh, so was Olin on the with Lose Our Bra? Um, I didn't remember it was two episodes, so I'm the wrong one to ask. Yeah. All right. Well, if someone is out there who also listens to Renap, you said uh, the Constitution or something, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, um, when they get into like their compilation. Will from America. Will from America is the compiler of the list. Yeah. It's way above my head. Um, that the, kind of stuff for the villain of the week, uh, Olin gives it to Cheryl looking to sack her maid for petty reasons and not brave enough to do it herself. Again, being quite against Larry throughout the episode. And Olin gives it pretty, 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 pretty good. Four pretties out of five. Uh, so it sounds like I'm the lowest on this episode of everyone, but that's okay. Next week, we have a an episode that, from the name, I don't remember much about a kamikaze bingo. Yeah, Larry wonders how a Japanese World War II vet can call himself a kamikaze. Ah, yes, I do remember that. Larry's very bothered by that. Um, you know, you shouldn't be around if you were a kamikaze pilot. Um, yeah, well, he should be humming uh, Wagner songs. Yeah. And Larry feels reason. that a nursing home bingo game may not be on the up and up. I don't remember that oh. one. Yeah, I don't remember this episode at all. All right, I'm excited for a new episode. Yeah. If uh, you haven't seen it in a while, it's new to you. Oh, Kevin Nealon is in it. Oh, I always enjoy Kevin Nealon. What, what, uh, well, I guess we'll find out next week. And, and some woman named Elaine Cow, but which is, I think, not Mitch McConnell's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar name. It would be quite interesting for Larry David to have the uh, future, what, a Secretary of uh, Transportation? Is that what she is? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would say relative to other Trump cabinet appointees, and again, I'm emphasizing relative to other Trump cabinet appointees, I would say that uh, she probably did, um, as Secretary of Transportation, her job was... Pretty, 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 pretty. That was real strange. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you never hear anything about her, so she's probably fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <Really> harmless enough. <laughs> and we did insult Trump by the end, so that's good. Very good.